Hello and welcome to Inside Maine. This is Angus King, and today we're talking about one of the most pressing issues Maine faces, and that's workforce. Where are we going to get the people to fill the jobs of the future? We just had an announcement that Maine's unemployment rate is now below 3%, and that means every employer that I've talked to around Maine tells me that their biggest issue is finding qualified people. So today we're going to talk with some folks who are working on this very actively, have been engaged in it for some time. And the first person I want to talk to is Ed Servone, who's the executive director of Educate Maine, which is a business-led advocacy organization, and it works on education and workforce development. It's a who's who of the business community in Maine, and also people like the Department of Education in Maine, Maine Development Foundation, Maine Principals. Everybody's involved in this partnership. Ed, welcome, and tell us about Educate Maine, and then we're going to talk about Project Login and uh, Spark. So what are you guys up to? Why is this such an urgent problem? I think you hit it on the head, Senator. This is what we would say is Maine's biggest challenge, opportunity, and potential barrier to economic growth. We need more people in the workforce, and those people need to have the skills necessary to fill the jobs of today and the jobs of the future as well. So our organization, under the leadership of the private sector, has formed to work to get people college and career ready and to raise their skill sets so that they can fill those jobs in the future. So we see it in a simple terms, not a simple challenge, but simple terms in saying, if we got to have a strong economy, we need to educate people. That's our investment strategy so that they have the opportunity to succeed. But so it, we do that through it, partnership. i got to tell you, you know, having been in and around Maine political life for 25 years now and way more going back into my Maine Watch days, the orientation, the question always was, we need more jobs, we need more jobs, we've got to have more jobs. Now, I think a lot of people haven't really gotten a hold of this concept that we need more people. When your unemployment rate is 2.7%, that's virtually full employment, and companies can't grow unless they have people to do the work. So this is really a new, a, a qualitatively different challenge than what we've been thinking about in Maine for, you know, 100 years. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been doing this as long, uh, just about 15 years, and the, and the conversation used to be around, I can't find mid-level management technical people or something like that. Today, I mean, it literally has become, I can't find a warm body. So it is, it's changed considerably in terms of it's not an industry or a region or a type of occupation. It's sector-wide, and it's affecting everyone from technical trades to skilled trades to business and professional occupations as well. And then really, we have some challenging, as you know, challenging demographics of stagnant to no population growth. But we have these bright areas in the main economy where if given a workforce, you know, a pool of them and a sustainable one, we could have some serious growth as evidenced by some, you know, big national and international players who are based in Maine. But if we don't address this human capital piece, we're really not going to be able to realize the full potential of that. And and one of the important things you mentioned, you said it's not a sector problem and not an industry problem. It's not a regional problem. The lack of workers is true all over the state, in eastern Maine and northern Maine, as well as the Portland, York County, because I'm hearing this everywhere. And that really makes it an urgent problem. And the problem is we're going to, if these if companies can't grow, we're at a kind of a dead end. So tell me what Educate Maine's doing to deal with it. Yeah, we're working on a number of fronts. On a focused area, we have a long-time program called Project Login. 
which was initiated by main employers who couldn't find computing and IT people. So they started a partnership with education institutions and other training institutions to say, hey, if this is the demand we have, how can we get these people there? I mean, for some context, just in March, there were 1,300 jobs posted in computing fields that were going unfilled. These jobs are paying on average over $76,000 a year. So the Project Login has been very successful in terms of having the employer community working directly with trainers and educators to define the skills they need, to help develop those programs, and most importantly, just to make that connection pathway. You know, these employers, there's some 30 of them, they offer over 170 internships a year. The majority of those turn into full-time employment for the young people who take them, and that's both people from Maine and from outside of Maine. But, you know, even with that type of success, we have a long way to go, and we're not making the numbers. So we got to figure out ways to prime the pump early on with younger well, kids, getting people to move. I remember going to a kickoff at IDEX, I think it was, a yeah. couple of years ago. This was supported by a, a federal grant that we wrestled out of the administration, as I recall, that really got it kicked off. Four million is the number I recall. Yeah, no, Senator, you were our champion there and helped us really get that $4 million into the state. And what that $4 million is doing over the next several years is looking at that adult population. So we have young kids, you got the college-age, traditional track kids. But really the meat of our labor pool are those adults 25 years and older, many of whom are probably underemployed or maybe dislocated or detached from the economy. Right. I call them, some of them are stranded workers. They're people that have worked in the shoe industry or the paper industry where... Jobs have moved, mills have closed, and they don't have the skills to take the new job. So that's where your focus is. Exactly. And, you know, what the $4 million has allowed us to build a network and structure that includes the higher eds, adult education, you know, again, over 30 employer partners, as well as the workforce development network within the state. And that's allowed us to align to other funding sources from the USDOL through the WIOA funding and other supports. And what it does, it's really good. It identifies these adults. It assesses where they're at. It plugs them into the training they need to get into a computing and IT career field. And then we're able to give them some of the soft skill pieces they need to make that transition into an internship or into a job at a main company. And, you know, we're beginning to gain some steam on that. And the good thing is what that $4 million investment will provide is an ongoing structure to get any number of people, wherever they're at, what their interest is in, into the right track to get a job in the computing and IT fields here in Maine. Well, how does this differ from, say, the community college system? Do you send these people to those facilities, or are you creating additional classrooms, or is it all through internships and sort of on-the-job training? How does it work mechanically? Yeah, well, it's actually a combination of all those things. So one of the recognitions we had is we have a variety of trainers and opportunities and things scattered around the state. And what this money allows us to do in part is to actually connect that to create an actual system. So the community colleges and university system have been excellent partners, as well as our private nonprofits like Thomas, Husson, and UNE have really stepped up as well. And what we're able to do is work together to say that if this program at institute 
execution X doesn't meet the needs of this person, we actually know where they can go, plug them in and get them there. So as you said, we're at a numbers game right now where we don't have the luxury of picking and choosing one or two ways to solve this problem. All the people need to bring every resource to bear so that we have the option that is needed that best fits that person, where they're at. And most importantly, the end measure is they get that job and a main company has them. So it's a team effort and it's been actually really reaffirming for us to see everyone working together. How do you reach out? How do you find people? Let's say there's a a female, 40 years old, worked in retail or something for years and years, wants to have another opportunity. She lives in Dover Foxcroft. What does she do? How does she find you or how do you find her? Sure. I mean, the, the nice thing about this is we didn't, we didn't have to create a, a recruitment structure. What we have existing in Maine is a really good and connected network of workforce development through our local and regional workforce boards. We have a state workforce board. We have career centers. We have good agencies like Adult Ed and Goodwill Industries, just to name a few. And they're already in contact with thousands of Maine people looking to get skills to translate to a new job, a better job, any job. So we didn't have a problem of identifying these folks and finding them. They were already in a system. What we provided them is one more opportunity and frankly, a lucrative opportunity to get on a pathway to a real sustainable and good quality of life job through computing and IT. So we just, we're adding some serious value to an existing system. And the response from the partners around the state has been excellent. They love this opportunity for all their clients. Well, listen, here's one idea. You know, we, we traditionally, and we got to think in new ways here, but traditionally we think of recruiting a new business. You know, Google, let's ask Google to build a back office center in Maine with 300 jobs and a big building. And then you get into tax breaks and tax incentives and competing with other states and all that. How about telling Google, you don't have to build a building in Maine. You don't have to worry about all of those issues. You can find 300 people to work from home. And we need broadband, but we also need training. Is that? It seems to me that might be a, an option for Maine. I know that places like Unum and Anthem and L.L. Bean are already doing that. Why not make that something that we sell to the rest of the country? totally agree. In fact, I'm talking to you from the home office in Norway today. So we need to take advantage of that. I heard it coined the other day from an economic development person of saying, why can't we market Maine as the work from home capital of the United States? I think we can do that. I guess where we lie is the number one investment then is frankly, not only in that broadband, you know, that's all important, the connectivity, the technology, but really what we're talking about is selling ourselves to the world of saying we have an exceptional workforce that is ready to plug in and work for you from day one, and you're going to get a lot of pieces for that. So I agree. I think we need to think big. We need to think about marketing ourselves, that we are taking this seriously, and we need to let the world know that we're going to make the investments and commitment to provide them what they actually need, which is really productive. People. Well, you know, this is sort of the second echelon or the second piece of the laptop project that we started 15, 16 years ago, and we're now picking up the people who were too old to be in the laptop generation. Yeah, I mean, one of the, the nice things that we've been building off of, Senator, off of your legacy there is we're talking about adults, we're talking about working age people, but really we need to play the long game as well. And we really got to think about priming the pump for supply. And what we've identified in Maine is a real lack in terms of opportunities for young kids to be inspired and to get the training 
into these tech fields. And so we're happy to have made a commitment with our partners at the Maine Math and Science Alliance, along with a national partner, Code.org, to uh, provide computer science at every school in the state. The laptop program is the investment we're building off of. We couldn't do it without it. But right now, we are finding, we are taking cohorts of teachers from around the state, getting them the professional development, getting them the curriculum, and getting them the ongoing support and training to provide the next generation of kids, young kids, coming up through Maine schools, rural Maine, urban settings, to be excited about tech fields, to be excited about potential, and to be that workforce of the future. If we don't play that long game, you know, the rest of it's just Band-Aids and bandages at this point. Absolutely. And of course, one of the problems is we're facing a sort of negative demographic uh, time bomb because of the age of our state. And I know this number. When we first did the laptop project, there were 17,000 kids per grade in Maine schools. Today, there are 13,000 and falling. That's a serious long-term problem. Tell me about Spark, Maine Spark. So we've been talking about one-off programs and focused areas of attention. But as we said, this is a huge problem for everyone. There's no sector that is not feeling or will not feel the workforce shortage. And, and what a bunch of us got together, and it's, it was my organization, the Maine Development Foundation, the community and university college systems, same in the Maine State Chamber, got together and said, what are we missing here? Why aren't we moving this? And, and we identified it. We needed a goal. We needed a vision. And we needed a structure to start connecting everyone together to work together. So we started Main Spark, which is simply stated at the goal of 60% by 2025, which means we need 60% of our workforce to have a credential of value in addition to that high school degree that connects them to a job in Maine. And right now we're at about 43%. That's 43% with a skilled trade certificate, a business certification, or a college degree. So the goal of all of us is how can we work together in our day jobs to align this, to have a vision and a structure to support us, to get to that workforce that's going to fuel the economy. And it's, as you know, it's urgent because every other state is doing the same thing right now. They're competing for people because they know that that's what's going to be the key to getting those businesses to stay and businesses to come into the state and and create economy. So we're all working together. We have over 35 organizations involved statewide, and we're setting up metrics and strategies and say, you know, it's time for Maine to take this workforce challenge seriously, to do it in a quantifiable method, and to have specific strategies. Well, Ed, you're you're on the right track. As I say, everywhere I travel in the state, it, when I talk to business people, it's the first thing they say is we can't find enough people. So you are really doing important work here. And I, I love the idea of, of all the partnerships because nobody's going to be able to solve this by themselves. And particularly working with the companies and, and connecting the companies with the students, the workers, the internships is a great way to do it. So the training actually matches the needs out in the field. Well, I'm going to be talking to Pete Vigu in a few minutes about what they're doing up at Chinbro where they've in some ways taken matters into their own hands, but they're also working with you, I know, on these projects. So, uh, Ed Cervone, thanks for the work you're doing, man, and keep it up. Thank you, Sander. We always appreciate the support. Yes, sir. (music) 
Welcome back to Inside Maine. This is Angus King, and today we're talking about workforce and about the challenge that practically every Maine business is finding of getting the right people and getting enough people and how it is a potential real limit on the growth of our state's economy. My next guest is an old friend, uh, Peter Vigu of Chinbro. He's the chairman of the board of the Chinbro Companies, former president, has been working in and around the construction industry in Maine all his life. And Pete, you guys guys at Chinbro have basically taken the workforce issue into your own hands. Uh, at least that's what I saw when I was up at the Chinbro Institute. Tell me about that. Well, absolutely. The challenge is massive, but the opportunity is massive as well. Economically, there's a lot of disadvantaged folks here in the state that really don't feel comfortable leaving the state, and they view the world as being challenging and need continuing education. We see that opportunity as a result over a period of years. We've been party to a national organization, the National Center of Construction and Education Research, that has developed a curriculum for all of the positions in the construction industry. And essentially, our program has expanded over a period of time to the point where last year alone, in 2017, we filled 2,000 seats at our facility. And a number of these people have learned additional skills over and above what skills they have, or we start them out in a boot camp and they have absolutely no skill whatsoever and they're interested in joining the construction industry and we bring them into the company and we do a one-month boot camp. We call the program Earn Where You Learn and they do no work. We put them in the classroom for a month so that they understand what the industry is all about, the opportunities it has to provide them. And then over time, they select a specific area that they might want to take on and then we continue to educate them and put them in a, an apprentice process, and they learn a skill and a trade, and in some cases, multiple skills. And we do that over a period of years to the point where we put them in the program at $12 an hour. In the beginning, when they're in the classroom and they're not working for that one month, and then when they have achieved that one-month program, we put them into the workforce so they can learn their apprentices' uh, responsibilities at $16 an hour. And within a relatively short period of time, they're in the 20s somewhere. And a number of folks we've put through this program, the, the welders and the fitters uh, are making 30. In some cases, a major project that we just finished, the welders are making $40 an hour. We pay their per diem and their travel. And it's exciting for these young people to advance see a future and not be dependent on social programs to support themselves. Let, let me uh, back up just a bit. You, you, the first thing you said was it's a massive problem. I, we just heard this week that the unemployment rate in Maine is now 2.7 percent, which is essentially full employment. It, it pretty much means if you want a job, there's one out there. How hard is it to find people? Actually, we don't find it that hard. There are people out there that are unemployed that don't see the opportunity because they don't have the skills or even feel that they're competent enough and that there might be a future. So they've sort of given up and you, you give them hope. Absolutely. And our primary focus in our initial boot camp program is to educate them first on attitude and then on aptitude. And a lot of people have lost hope. In many cases, a lot of people are working at positions that require limited or no skills whatsoever. They work part-time. They work for entities or 
individuals where they take money under the table, but they don't see a future. They don't have hope. And our, our primary focus is to get them to believe in themselves, believe that they can be successful and succeed, and help them to believe that, in fact, they can add value in the process. We've had tremendous success in doing that. I'm personally very sensitive to that because I've been there a long, long time ago. And as a result, we feel pretty good about what we're doing. We're learning all the time. But what we're finding is that the opportunity and the need is far greater than any of us ever contemplated. Well, when you're doing these programs, all of what you're describing is pretty expensive for the company. You're paying people to sit in a classroom. You've built a building that I visited last week. You've got classes going on. You're spending a lot of money. I take it, though, you don't view this as charity. You view this as a necessity for your business, and it pays back. We believe that that we will not grow and embrace the opportunities that are in front of us unless we have the people. And the people are the number one asset that we have in this company. And we see it, we understand it, and we're prepared to continue to make investments. We'll do that. And not only are we doing it in the state of Maine, we do it outside the state of Maine as well, because a lot of our programs are mobile and we'll take them where we need to go. This is a national issue. It is not just the state of Maine. The majority of our activities are here in the state of Maine. This week, we had leadership classes in Portland. We had people from Maine and other places. They like to come to Maine, incidentally, unless it's January and we just had a blizzard. But this is a wonderful place to come. We're headquartered here, and we believe that Maine is a wonderful place, and we're doing everything we can to support the needs of the it, workforce. As you, as you work with your colleagues, and you've been a leader in the Maine business community for a lawfully long time, are other companies starting to, to follow this kind of model? It's a, it strikes me it's a kind of combination of in-house, uh, serious, systematic training and apprenticeship. Are there lessons here for other companies in Maine? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, a number of the programs we've had, we've shared with other companies over the years when other companies didn't have the necessary resources or the capacity to do crane operator training and things like that. And we'll actually help them with that through our involvement with ABC and AGC here in the state of Maine. We've been doing that for a number of years, and we'll share what we have. The the curriculum we use, not only do we buy it and participate in developing that curriculum over a a long period of years, well over 20 years, we've also provided that curriculum and resources to the technical high school systems here in the state of Maine as well, because they don't have a lot of what they need to support their activities at the technical high school system here in the state of Maine because they're way underfunded. Well, I was at the technical high school in Portland a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about just this subject. And you haven't mentioned the community colleges. It it strikes me that what we're leaning toward or moving toward is a closer connection between these public institutions and business so that they aren't really operating in separate worlds. Is that something we should be pushing on? Absolutely. But our philosophy center is that it's not just the government's responsibility to educate people. We're the ultimate users as business people of a workforce, and it is organizations like ours that will benefit from these people. So we feel very strongly that we have an obligation to at least, at the very least, participate in the education and development of people. We can't 
strictly depend on the public system to do it on our behalf. Listen, before I'm going to leave work for for just a minute, when I went through the Institute in Pittsfield the other day, you have this wonderful sign that appears four or five times around the building. It says, no one in this room is smarter than all of us. I love the idea. That's certainly my philosophy, that when a group works together effectively, you always make better decisions than one person by themselves. What's the origin of that, Pete? Is that something that uh, Chinbro has sort of developed over time? Yes, it goes all the way back to the late 70s, and there was a discussion around it specifically, and a gentleman by the name of Ralph Knowlton was part of that, and it was just trying to really evaluate what it takes to build a team and recognize that everyone's involvement can support the growth and development of an organization, regardless of who the individual is, what role or part that they might play in an organization. And that was the whole beginning of it. And it just evolved over time where we refined it. And then you'll see another phrase in our case is pretty simple. It's all about people. That's the bottom line. It's all about people. And if you look around at our communities today, our states today, our country today, it's all about people. It's all of us. And when we look at it that way, it makes it pretty easy to make good decisions. Well, I love that motto, no one in this room is smarter than all of us. And there are a couple of other signs I've seen around main businesses that I think I really like the way they capture a moment. One is one business I went through over every door that people went through, it was a, a service business. It said, think of yourself as the customer. I think that's a pretty good motto. I've always thought of that as a, as a good motto. And then the final one that I really like is, if both of us agree all the time, one of us isn't necessary. <laughs> Perfect. I tell that to my staff, you know, they sometimes are, they want to be deferential to the senator, and the staff members who really shine are the ones who are willing to tell me when I'm off the track. But you got to have people in your organization that are willing to speak up, and Chinbro has been sort of famous for being creative in that way. Yes, it is. And it does take all of us, and it makes it really easy when you have a team of people that can help carry across the finish line. Well, let me just get back a minute before we have to wind up on the whole issue of workforce, because Maine is really facing, it seems to me, a, a long-term, uh, I, I think I'll call it a crisis, where we're just not going to have enough people. When you and I worked together when I was in Augusta, there were 17,000 kids per grade in Maine schools, you know, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth grade, 17,000. Today, Pete, that number is 13,000 and falling. And when you think about, you know, that's a, a negative tidal wave that's going to hit us as people retire. And we've really got to be thinking about this workforce thing in, in all kinds of new ways. Precisely. You couple the development of people who want to be here, and I believe this is one of the finest places in this country to live. It does take people, and it is all about people, and you couple that with a, a strong economic strategy and plan, and we're off to the Milky Way, and we will succeed in a big way. Well, yeah, and I, I think you're right, and I think it touches on the issue of people in this economy often can live wherever they want and work from wherever they're located. And I think that's going to be a big opportunity for Maine in the future because it's a great place to live. Well, Pete, thanks for all that you're doing and the work you're doing at Chinbro. Congratulations on the Chinbro Institute. You were talking about sharing this with other companies. It sounds to me like you maybe you've got a new business here. <laughs> well, 
we're all in it together and we have absolutely no problem sharing what we do with others and we look forward to continuing to do this well into the future. And thank you, Senator, for taking the time and the interest in what our state is up to and the challenges that we face. And, and when we acknowledge those challenges, we can be successful over time. And that's my philosophy. Once you define the problem, you're halfway to a solution. So we're going to keep working at that. Pete, thanks very much. Thanks for what you're doing. Keep in touch and drop in when you're here in Washington and pass that on to your great staff. Thank you very much and have a great day. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us on Inside Maine. We've been talking about workforce today with Ed Servone of Educate Maine, Pete Vigu of Chinbro. An enormous challenge for our state, but there are some really good people working on it all across the state. And Maine people are creative and resilient, and we're going to find a way to successfully surmount this challenge. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, it's Angus King on Inside Maine.